0: Hi, this is Mary with podcast number three, My Dragon Ancestry, part one. The topic is nature versus nurture. The debate of nature over nurture in determining what kind of adult we will become has gone on for decades and the discussion continues. Regardless of the outcome, I thought it might be interesting to look at some of my forebears, particularly the women. The question I have relates to what extent my dragon personality can be blamed on, attributed to, or generously gifted from my female ancestors. I'd like to begin with my maternal great grandmother. I only have one story about her, but it is memorable. About 1892, my great-grandfather decided it was time to pull up stakes and head west. With great enthusiasm, he found his lovely wife and mother of his six children, whose maiden name was Mary Anna Marr, and told her about the great adventure they were about to undertake. Oh yes, the children. Mary Matilda, my grandmother, was nine years old and the eldest, The twins were pushing three, and the baby would be nine months when they commenced their journey. There were a couple more cubs in the pack, but apparently they were middle children without any exceptional qualities to make them stand out in the tales told to my mother when she was young. So, they will remain unremarkable here as well. Of course, with deepest apologies to the heirs who may find and listen to this podcast one day and wonder why their parents weren't mentioned in this podcast. As the story unfolds, we find that Mariana had just recently been the recipient of a wonderful gift, a three-piece Eastlake finger-cut oak bedroom set. Of course, she loved it, and her one and only question about the trip was, Albert, what about the bedroom set? With no nonsense and little sympathy, Grandpa Great replied, I'm sorry, love. It will have to stay here. There's just not enough room in the wagon. A long and very thoughtful pause ensued, followed by what I am convinced was a dragoness response. I'm sorry, Albert, love. I'm staying here. I hope you and the children have a lovely trip and enjoy your life in Oregon. According to my mother, a long silence followed that pronouncement. I'm only guessing that they slept in that same bed that night and what happened there is only speculation. But it bears thinking about, especially when we think about happen after. After. The next day, great-grandpa Albert Schneider went to town and within a very short time had purchased a second wagon, a second team of oxen, and hired a man to drive the bedroom set to Oregon. That is so long as he got paid for his return trip. There's a great story about a circuit rider, a chamber pot, and the bedroom set, but for now, we'll put that on the back burner. Let's talk a little more about that trip. There were two adventures that definitely will never be forgotten. My grandmother, Mary Matilda, had two jobs on the trip. Along the way, she picked up buffalo chips, which were used for fires, and she helped her mother carry and tend the baby. At nine years old, that must have seemed like a very long trip. The first big challenge for great-grandma Mariana came the day the wagon train stopped at the Platte River. According to the story, it was time to wash some clothes, and Grandma had dragged the big wash tub to the side of the river and gone back to the wagon to get the dirty laundry. Apparently, no one was thinking about the twins. The entire camp was soon to learn the names of those two three-year-old boy dragons, and I am sure never forgot them. Mariana arrived back at the river just in time to see the boys waving at her as the wash tub floated down the river, their big smiles visible just above the lip of the tub. Much screaming was followed by total chaos until fortunately a couple of good old cowboys chased the boys down the river on horseback and eventually were able to hand them back over to their terrified and totally mortified parents. Once over the shock, I hope Albert and Mariana were able to laugh and appreciate the intelligence and fearlessness that enabled the twins to have such a great adventure. I wonder what the twins' children were like, and I wonder what they thought about their father's stories. The second big event of the trip was no less forgettable, But it was to be a tale that was not repeated often, for it brought only sadness and regret with it. At some point in the trip, a couple of the men on the train had met two Indian girls along the trail and abused them sexually. When the men of the tribe learned of the incident, they chased the train, surrounded it, and demanded that the men involved be turned over to them. When their request was not granted quickly enough, the chief offered them a deal. "'Give us the men responsible, or we will destroy all of you.' At that point, the men were turned over and just as quickly tied to trees and skinned alive as the members of the train were forced to look on. My grandmother, Mary Matilda, remembered that day in her nightmares until the day she died." At that time, my mother was nine. She would remember those screams in the night until she died at age 103. It seems that the unresolved losses of our families follow us for generations in some guise or another. We that inherit that elusive pain of those losses rarely recognize the source, but still feel it at some level or another until at last it fades away. Fortunately, as the daughter of two of Oregon's pioneering families, mom had other memories of her early years to sustain her. She would need them. I'll leave her story until next time. I didn't learn much more about my great-grandmother, probably because both she and my grandmother died before mom was nine. There was no one else to remember and tell their stories. But I think the story of the bedroom set pretty much says it all. Grandma was fierce. She had her opinions. She wasn't afraid to put them out there. I wish I could have met her. The stories of her make me feel honored to be her descendant.